And I really felt like when we were praying then that that is what God wants to do tonight, that he wants to breathe fresh life into dreams that have maybe been dormant for a number of years even. God wants to just uh, breathe afresh, just bring those things to life again, ignite those things. So I actually want to do a message uh, tonight called Walking the Unknown. Walking the Unknown, and it's come out of our journey of moving to Melbourne, and it's about the faith journey, walking into the unknown. And if you're anything like me, I like to be in the know. I am, I have control issues, I admit it. I like to be in the know, and my husband is the exact opposite. He is spontaneous, he is adventurous, he loves surprises. And so whenever it comes to my birthday, he will do a day of surprises. And uh, actually, I'll show you a photo of our family so you can uh, see who they are. That's my spunky husband, my eight-year-old son, Zahn, and our five-year-old daughter, Hope, who is going on 15. And uh, that is my beautiful family. I get to see them tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. But uh, that is them. And so Craig, for my birthdays, will organize uh, a day of surprises. So uh, for a recent birthday, I woke up and there was a sack at the end of my bed because if you can have a sack from Santa on Christmas, you can have it on your birthday as well. And so I opened up my sack of presents, which was amazing. And then he had a whole day of surprises and I knew he was organizing something at night with a bunch of my friends. And so all day, I'm kind of like dropping hints all day. Like I'm like, you know, babe, it would be really nice if it was at this place. Like, can you, can you just make sure that person is invited? Because if that person's not invited, they're going to get pretty upset. Like, like is, that, is that person going, and you know what, babe? Afterwards, it would be so nice to get a massage. Like, we could kind of finish at this kind of time. My favorite place, go to this place for a massage. But if you're going to do that, you better make sure you book now because they'd be, they'd be booked out at that time of night. And Christ is looking at me like, seriously, babe, let go a little bit. And at the end of the night, it happens exactly like I want it to happen. It's the perfect night. And I kick myself at the end of it. I'm like, I wish I could have played it a bit cooler. Like, I wish I could have just trusted a little bit more. I wish I didn't have to be in the know so much. But I find as people, we like to be in the know. But we have a God that actually calls us to step out into the unknown. I found he's a God that calls us to step out into this journey of life, into this path that he has for us, when we can't see the entire path, when we can't see exactly where he's taking us, when we can't see the twists and turns, when we can't see what's around the corner, yet he asks us to still step out. I love this passage in Hebrews 11 verse 8 to 10, and it says, by an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, he lived in the country, promised him, lived as a stranger, camping in tents. Isaac and Jacob did the same, living under the same promise. Abraham did this by keeping his eye on an unseen city with real eternal foundations, the city designed and built by God. Come on, I love that part of the passage. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. He was going to an unknown place. And see, this life of faith that God has called us to live, we live beyond the natural. The Bible says we're called to live by faith, not by sight. 
that we're called to live for something greater than what we see naturally, than what this world offers us, that we're called to live for kingdom purposes. And what it means is that it's, it's a calling to step out into the unknown. It's a calling to step out when we don't know where we're going. It's a calling to trust Him, to trust in the unknown. So four and a half years ago, my husband and I, we were living in Auckland. We had uh, lived in Auckland for the past uh, 16 years and, uh, sorry, 19 years. And before that, lived only an hour and a half away. And we were involved at Life in New Zealand under Pastor Paul and Marie Dion, who were still our senior pastors. And uh, we were loving life. We were very involved. We've got three Auckland campuses. We're a church of 10,000 in New Zealand. And so we were looking after one of our, um, our north campus. I was looking after our women's ministry. We're also heading our young adults and looking after Get Smart as well, a, a conference across the nation. And we're involved in all these different things. I was incredibly close to my family. There's five of us brothers and sisters, mum and dad, who we adore. And our kids were loving life. We had no plans to make any changes. We were being stretched ministry-wise. We were loving what we were doing. No plans to do our own church. And uh, we'd actually just had a miracle happen as well with buying our first home. It was our dream home, a bungalow. And uh, it was actually brought, we, it was just a whole sequence of God events that meant that we bought it for under market value, $130,000 under market value. It was just this absolute God miracle. The week we signed for that home, Pastor Paul asked us to come into our, his office that week and uh, said to us, you know, I've been really praying about Melbourne and I really feel like you guys are the ones to take Melbourne over, Life Melbourne. And my initial reaction was just, there's no way. I never saw that coming. Like, seriously, no way. And our senior pastor is such an awesome man. He said to us, I don't want you to do this unless you really hear from God for yourselves. And so we went away and we really prayed about it. And the first week, I just didn't want to hear from God. I was like, God, I'm not even going there. And, uh, and then <laughs> after that week, I kind of let the walls down. I'm like, well, God, at the end of the day, more than any of this other stuff, I want to live in obedience to you. And so I leaned in and we heard from God like we have never heard from him before. I was actually so emotional about the decision that I said to him, I can't hear from you naturally and, and my emotional stuff going on right now. And he gave us these two prophetic words from people that had no idea what was happening. That was just so clear. And uh, it was just so clear that we were meant to go. And so we walked into Pastor Paul's office and said, yep, we're going to go. We felt God like say, hey, no plan B. So we sold our home and within six months we'd moved to Melbourne. And I remember being in this place. It was a, it was a struggle. Yes, I'd heard from God 100%, but I was in this struggle of God, what is it going to turn out like? It was so, and there were so many unknown factors What's this going to be like for church? Are we going to enjoy it? Is this going to be good for our kids? Is this going to be good for our marriage? How are our families going to be affected in this? So many unknown factors. And God, are, are you going to prove yourself strong in this? Can you really actually be trusted to step out in the unknown, into the unknown in this kind of way? See, 
I, I, ended, I, I felt I was struggling with God one day about it and I felt God say to me, no, I'm asking you to step out when you can't see what's around the corner. I'm asking you to trust me. See, it's a call to step out when you only know the first step, not the full path. It's a call to walk forward when you don't know what's around the corner and it's a call to trust when it's beyond your control. See, for you, it may not be moving countries, something that extreme and drastic, but what is God asking you to do? You may be in a relationship with a girl or guy that isn't following Christ. And you know, you know that nudge of God saying, hey, this isn't the right relationship for you. And you feel the sense of, I know I've got to give it up. And then there's that sense of, well, how's it going to end? How's it going to end for them? How's it going to end for me? Will I ever actually get married? Will I ever find somebody that loves God? And it's the sense of He's asking you to step out and trust Him even when it's unknown. When you may be in a job situation where you know it's not God's plan for you. You know you're not in His purpose. You're not in the right zone. And He's calling you to take a step into something new that's His plan, that's His purpose for you but you don't know what it's going to look like. It's so unknown, but he's still calling you to step out and trust him. Come on, what? It, maybe for you, it's you've been in the periphery of church for so long and you know God's drawing you in to serve him in a greater capacity, but again, you're not quite sure how it's all going to work out. Come on, am I, am I going to lose my life by doing that? What, what's it kind of going to look like? It's so unknown, but it's a call to step out when we don't know the full picture. It's a call to trust Him with the unknown. See, we can trust Him because He is there with us and has the best in store for us. I remember God speaking to me about this recently, and I was taking one of our kids to a playground, and I said to them, you know, we're going to go to this awesome playground. We're going to have the best time together, put them in the car And as we drove there, we kept passing these other playgrounds and they would scream in the back at me, Mom, you missed it. Stop, Mom. You missed it. You missed the playground. And I would say to them, it's all right. We're going somewhere better. We're going somewhere greater. We're going to the best one for you. And we eventually reached our destination and they were pumped. But I felt God say to me in that moment, you know what? That's exactly what you do for me. You do it to me. No, you, you don't trust that where I'm taking you is good. You don't trust that where I'm taking you is for your benefit, the best possible option for you. The one that is full of life, full of hope, full of purpose, full of faith, full of dependency on Him that He can be trusted. Come on, do we trust where He's taking us? Because He is a good God. See, I love what Proverbs 3 verse 21 to 26 says, Dear friend, guard clear thinking and common sense with your life. Don't for a minute lose sight of them. They'll keep your soul alive and well. Come on, like the Bible says, what benefit is of gaining the whole world if you haven't got your soul right? They'll keep you fit and attractive. You'll travel safely. You'll neither tire nor trip. You'll take afternoon naps without a worry. I do that so well. Afternoon naps without a worry. You'll enjoy a good night's sleep. Come on, how many people don't sleep well because we haven't got peace? How many celebrities do we hear about today that are on all these medications because they can't sleep well because they don't have peace? Come on, how amazing is his peace? 
No need to panic over alarms or, su- or surprises or predictions that doomsday is just around the corner. How good is that in the world we live in today? We don't have to worry because God will be right there with you. He will keep you safe and sound. Come on, we can trust because He's with us. He is the God that is with us. No need to fear because He is with me. Like Psalm 23 says, I will not fear because you are with me. He is taking us by the hand and He is with us. See, the hard thing, when God asks us to step out into a new realm of faith to trust Him, is that we leave what we know and enter into what is unknown. And that's a hard step to take. I mean, we see it with the Israelites leaving Egypt. They leave their place of slavery, what they've known, and they head into the desert. And they start complaining before God and they say to Moses, come on, we might as well go back to Egypt. And we read that story and we think, what were they thinking? I mean, had the desert heat got to them? Like what was going on in their mind in that moment? But the truth is that Egypt was what they knew. We forget the context. Egypt was what they knew. They had no idea about the promise that they were entering into. They couldn't see that promise. They just had to trust. And you know what happens with us is sometimes we prefer a lesser known to the greater unknown. And we stay in the lesser known because we don't know what the future may hold if we really trust our God. And we stay captive. We stay secure. We stay comfortable in the known, even though it's far lesser. I'm going to go there tonight, but we stay in that relationship we know is unhealthy. We know it doesn't lead to the future that we want, but we stay because it's what we know. Come on, it's what's secure. It means that we're not lonely. It means that we've got somebody. We stay because it's known. We stay in the job that has no purpose, taking us nowhere, but we stay again because it's known rather than stepping out into the possibility, the greater unknown. Come on, we settle. See this all the time. We settle living a safe Christianity that is secure, that is comfortable, where we can do the minimal. We just get through just doing the good Christian thing, just doing what God expects of us, the bare minimal, rather than giving Him every part of our lives. Come on, it says in the Word that we find life when we give up our lives. And I've found that in my life time and time again, we find true life when we truly give up our life. But come on, so often we stay in the lesser known rather than stepping out into the greater unknown. See, the unknown is loss of control and comfort. And let's be honest, we don't like that. Because when we're in control, when it's about our our comfort, we get to lead ourselves. We get to go where we want to go. We get to go where we think it's best for us. But see, when we step out into the unknown, it's like putting a blindfold over us. It's like walking like this, walking completely in the dark. But the incredible thing about that is what we need to do is we need to take the hand of a God that loves us. And when we take his hand, we realize that he is able to lead us into so much greater. He's able to lead us into his destiny for our lives, not our purpose and our plans. Come on, he's freed up to lead us into greater, into what he wants to do for our lives, not what we think is best for us. Come on, we have to trust him and we have to depend on him. And when we do that, we actually allow him to lead. 
That's why he actually wants us to step into the unknown because then he gets to lead us. Rather than us relying on our dependency, he gets to lead. And it's a far greater place I've found to be in than in our own security and our own strength. It's the unknown that we find his hand waiting to guide us. This is a promise that God gave me when I was going through a time of really struggling with this. Isaiah 42 verse 16, it says, God's speaking, I'll take the hand of those who don't know the way, who can't see where they're going. I'll be a personal guide to them, directing them through unknown country. How, how personal is our God? Unknown country, the country of Australia. I'll be right there to show them where, what roads to take, make sure they don't fall into the ditch. These are the things I'll be doing with them, doing for them, sticking with them, not leaving them for a moment. It's the God that we, we have, the one that takes us by the hand in the unknown, that sticks with us through thin, thick and thin, and is always faithful. I have found that he is a God that is faithful. And so what I want to do is I want to look at what we need to know about the unknown. The first thing is that steady trust leads to breakthrough. Steady trust leads to breakthrough. In Luke 18, verse 1 to 8, there's a, um, Jesus tells a parable of what faith is like. And he gives this illustration of how a widow is in town and keeps pleading with the judge uh, for uh, her, um, her justice and keeps going back to him and back to him and back to him. And finally, the judge just says yes, because she just keeps at him. I love it's the example of a woman. Like she just keeps going and going. And uh, Jesus describes this as faith. And he ends with this. He says, however, will the Son of Man find that kind of faith on the earth? A major aspect of our faith is simple perseverance. Come on, just keeping on walking through, keeping on walking. And I have found this, that steady trust leads to breakthrough. But see, what we often do is we can get stuck in the unknown. We get stuck with questions like, God, where are you in this? And God, this is hard. This isn't what I expected it to be. And we get stuck in that place rather than in steady trust, walking through it step after step, just trusting that our God knows what he's doing. Come on, when we moved to Australia, it was such a step of faith. But when we moved here, it was like everything went against us. I was like, God, this is meant to be us stepping out and walking in your promise, but yet everything is going against us. We couldn't find a place to live. We had so much transition going on with church. Our church dwindled instead of growing. We're like, God, what are you doing? And we had to, I had to just trust during that season that he was in it. And now I look back at that season and God was all over it. The people that we lived with while we were finding a house, they're now some of our core people on team. They weren't even part of our church at that time. And they're so close to us. They're like family to us. One couple in particular is like grandkids to the kids to us and are something that we prayed for. And the transition with church, it needed to happen for the growth that we're now in. People that weren't with us needed to go so that we could step into unity and God's promise. And God was so in that season, but I had to trust Him through steady trust, just keep walking it out. See, 1 Peter 4 verse 12 to 13, 
says, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is spiritual. This is a spiritual refining process with, with glory just around the corner. Come on, I find in the unknown, often it's more about what God wants to do in us and through us than about the end destination, the end journey. Come on, it's how He wants to refine us. It's how He wants to develop us. It's how He wants to speak to us in that place. It's only through dependency that we change into His likeness. We're in this place where He gets to mold us, shape us, where it becomes less about us and more about Him. Remember being at a conference uh, just before we left for Australia, and I remember being on an altar call and just crying out to God and saying, God, why does it have to be this kind of sacrifice? I mean, my family, like, well, why this sacrifice? And I remember God saying to me, I'm not interested in your comfort. I'm interested in your obedience because it's in your obedience that I'm able to change you and move through you. And I remember being hit with this reality that, man, our God sees at a far bigger picture than what we see. Our little, our little bubble that we're in, the little wee part that we see, He sees far greater. And we're, if we want to step into His bigness, we've got to trust Him that He sees the bigger picture and He wants to take us to that greater place. And it's only through obedience that that happens, not through our comfort. Well, we've got to be prepared to give up our comfort to go into an even greater place. The second thing is it will reveal where our security lies. Things we need to know about the unknown, it will reveal where our true security lies. I remember another example, very early days of our ministry. And we were youth pastors and young adult uh, leaders and we were absolutely loving what we were doing. And right across life, we went through this massive change where everyone's jobs were on the line. Pastor Paul just did an, a complete reshuffle. And so we weren't sure whether we were going to be in the roles that we were in. And I was loving what we were doing. And I remember being really upset with God one day, going to God and going, God, why is this happening? And I remember him speaking to me and saying, Nadia, what is it that your boast is in? What is it that your boast is in? Again, struggling with the unknown. How's this going to end? What is it that your boast is in? And he took me to Jeremiah 9 verse 23. It says, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, nor the strong man boast of his strength, nor the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts, boasts about this, that he understands and knows me. Where is our boast? Come on, God revealed to me that my boast was in a position, a title, not in who he was in my life. Come on, where is our boast at? Come on, when you talk to people, our language reveals stuff. What do we boast about? Is it our family? Is it our job? Is it our wealth? Is it our position? Is it maybe even past stuff that we've been through. Come on, I've met people before and it's like their brokenness is their best friend. It's like that's all they want to talk about. It becomes their identity. Come on, whatever we boast in reveals where our security lies. And wherever our security lies reveals where our identity is. 
Come on, the Bible says that our boast should solely be in Him because our security needs to be in Him, our identity needs to be in Him. Where is your boast? Where is your boast? Because the unknown reveals where our boast is. And the last point in walking the unknown is although the path is unknown, we have a God that is known. Although the path is unknown, we've got a God who's known. We have a God that knows the destination he's taking us to. He knows the path. And even though we can't trust the path, we can trust him. Because he's the God that's unknown. And to be honest, what I really struggled with in this whole thing is really trusting his character. Trusting that he was good that he was going to lead us into better, trusting that he knew what he was doing. I love what Psalm 62 verse 11 to 12 says, One thing God has spoken, two things have I heard, that you, O God, are strong, and that you, O Lord, are loving. Come on, he is great and he is good. The foundation of our trust comes back to those two things, that he is great and that he is a good cause. He knows what he's doing. I found... and. That's ultimately what happened in our move to Melbourne. I found that that was true of the character of God, that He could so be trusted. The home that we gave up in New Zealand, that I thought was my dream home. Now we honestly, we've been able to build our own place in Australia. It's right on a reserve, looks out over trees. One of the things we prayed for going to Australia was that we wouldn't feel like we were raising our kids in the city. And it is, it's a five-bedroom home, three lounges. We could honestly sell it today for and make $600,000 from it. Like it's an absolute miracle. Nothing of our own doing. It's just been God's hand the entire way over that situation. Like three times better what we had in NZ. The ministry that we're now doing, I can honestly say it is more of our fit and I love it more than what we were doing in New Zealand. Our family has come together, our nuclear family has come together in an even greater way than what we were in New Zealand. Our kids are flourishing. God has been so good and His character has proven trustworthy. Come on, we've got to know how much you are loved by Him. Because when you know how much He loves you, you can trust Him. Can trust Him with the unknown because you know He's good and He's only got good in store for you. Come on, so many of us live safe and comfortable because we don't have a revelation of His love. Come on, He's a God that's crazy, passionate about you, like almost overboard passionate about you, like to give up His one and only Son, to put Him on a cross with the possibility that you would extend your hand and say yes to relationship with Him. Come on, I, I know what it's like to have crazy, passionate people love you. Our, my parents are crazy, passionate people about their kids. I mean, there's nine years between me and my younger sister. And I remember going home one day and, and seeing her once I'd moved out from home. And she told me a story. She was just 16 years old at the time. She told me a story about how one night she went into another room to sleep because her bed wasn't that comfy. And in the middle of the night, because dad was snoring, he 
ended up going into Steph's room because she was somewhere else. And in the middle of the night, a guy comes knocking on Steph's door on the glass window, tap, tap. Hey, Steph, come to a party with me. Hey, Steph, skip out on your parents. Come hang with me. And so dad hears this and he goes into dad mode. He doesn't, he forgets that he's sleeping without clothes on and he gets, he gets out of his bed and runs down the street chasing this kid, yelling at the top of his voice, you little beep, when I get you, I'm gonna take you out. How dare you come searching for my daughter? So those are the kind of parents we have. Uh, that's, that's a normal day for them. Crazy passionate about us kids. But even knowing their incredible love, nothing has compared with the love that I've known from my heavenly Father. Come on, He says He knows every hair that's on your head, every thought that you think. The Bible says His thoughts about you are as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Come on, it's almost stalkerish material. Like seriously, there's a God that's crazy, passionate about you. He wants the very best for you.